I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me as always is the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. Sir Busy Zombie Lord, how's it going? It's going. That's good. It's going. That's very good. We are here to talk zombies once again, and uh, if, if you missed out on a great discussion of planet terror where we watched it alongside you that was a lot of fun watching planet terror that uh that brought back some goopy (laughs) goopy memories um i did not remember that movie being so goopy lou you should have warned me never 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 well i need uh, to surprise you it did it very much did there was a lot of uh, a lot of too much goop i will say but uh we are going to talk about planet terror so um, even if you watched the audio, you watched, you watched the movie with the audio commentary. Uh, and if you didn't, you still get to experience more planet terror. And I'm pretty sure some of our listeners did cause we got some messages on discord about it. So I was really excited about that. We did. And as I'm alluding to, one of them was how Ryan really can't handle gore. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it's not gore. It's the over, it's the over goopifying of the gore and, uh, it, just the, I don't know, gooping. That's what ha- that, that got me. Don't don't ever watch the movie RoboCop, man. I've, I've seen and and you know what? I've seen RoboCop, and I know the scene you're specifically talking about where he gets the acid thrown on him, and then the, the, he gets hit by the car. Yeah, definitely. That is yeah, like right. there's that, and then there's Indiana Jones and um, the Last Crusade, where he he drinks for the wrong cup, and then he like ages. And also yeah. Indiana Jones and and uh, well, you can't be bothered by the Indiana Jones thing, man. That's like stop motion motion animation with like clay. Yeah, but I watched it when I was a kid, and like that shit scarred me. <laughs> like, dude, I was like six. I know, but that movie's fine right up until the end when it's, don't look at it, Marion, and then all their faces are melting, and then the last one where he's like drinking out of. Uh, uh jesus cup and then his face melts i i can't give you too much crap because temple of doom there's that scene where they're wandering around in like in like a hallway secret passage that's lined with bugs and there's bugs crawling all over them that scene gave me the heebie-jeebies as a kid i couldn't watch that scene of the movie i would have to fast forward (laughs) and i mean i i think i was i was young i must have been six or so and i was at the cottage and uh it was one of the like my my dad's boss's cottage and just that was one of the things we watched were some movies that were hanging around and i think those two movies they're it's all fine it's pretty much all like pg-13 fine to just leave it on with the kids of that age and then there's just like a face couple face melting scenes and it's just i don't know it's it stuck with me ever since and um anyways we're gonna talk about planet terror and we'll get into that. But uh, we did not do news last episode. We did just the audio commentary. So we do have a good buildup of solid non-Walking Dead news. So uh, without further delay, let's get into it. Number, 
virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. All right, Lou. Uh, this this is a big one here. Obviously, on this show, we've been following along as HBO develops a The Last of Us series, and we've got our casting. Uh, this will be a fun conversation because I think I think you and I have. Um, I wouldn't say I have different a different opinion. I, I I don't have as a positive opinion as you do. Not that I dislike what the casting. Yeah, I, it's hard to say. Like, I think I'm cautiously optimistic, and you're like, "This is this is probably not going to be great." And I mean, we both we both could be right in this instance. Um, lower lowering our expectations. HBO is not, I think, the golden sort of era of television anymore. I think a lot of other cable networks have caught up, but uh, HBO has cast Pedro Pascal as Joel, and um, another Game of Thrones actor or actress, I should say. Uh, Bella Ramsey as Ellie, and you know what? I I personally really like Pedro Pascal. I think so he's I. a great actor. I, I, I think he's a good actor. I'll watch just about anything with him in it. But for them to cast him as Joel feels more like stunt casting to me than an actual thought. That it was more like, well, who's big right now? Well, Pedro Pascal's big right now. Well, let we we got him from Game of Thrones. Let's put him in this. Mm-hmm. And and the announcement for this happened while, or, or the the rumors of him getting this role happened just as uh, the Mandalorian was kind of just wrapped up, and people were still watching that. And I felt like felt like people were talking about Pedro Pascal and the Mandalorian, and then they went, "Oh yeah, now he's in Last of Us too." And then there were a bunch of news articles I saw that were like, is he going to have to stop being in The Mandalorian so he can be in The Last of Us? And I was like, who cares? Like, why is this a thing? And why am I supposed to care about this? Uh, yeah, he, he can be in both, certainly. Actors yeah. and uh, actors can work in multiple projects, and, and this will definitely work within his schedule. Um, I, mean, I mean, he's also in that Robert Rodriguez superhero, kid superhero movie that just came out like a month or two ago he's like the lead dad in it and i was like this guy's in everything and then they went oh he's in the last of us as joel and i was like well i can see it if he grows a beard he definitely can look like joel that's fine but like so can't nine other actors well i don't think here's the thing a lot of people have argued like oh this person will be perfect for this role this person will be perfect it's like yeah i mean him looking like the actor looking like Joel is not as important as an actor being able to portray Joel. And um what I mean by that is like I think Pedro Pascal can handle sort of the depth of that character and sort of the anguish that Joel is constantly feeling and I I think I don't I think people I think when you look at the Mandalorian there isn't enough credit given to him especially early on especially in season one it's pretty much him behind the helmet and there's not a lot of like, uh, range i guess 90 percent of that in season one is just him doing voiceover he's not actually the guy in the suit yeah uh, he didn't do the suit stuff until like most of season two exactly yeah and and that as well i think season two were is where he kind of came into his into his own as as uh as the character and i think I think he can be leading role material 
um, where he and, uh, you know, Bella Ramsey are going to be running around, you know, killing zombies. I, yeah, and here's the I, thing. Think she, I think she's an excellent casting. Yeah. Uh, she's the a thing surprise, I li- too. Well, the thing I like about her is she seems younger than I thought they would go with. Agreed. Yeah, well, Ellie's supposed to be, what, 13 in in The Last of Us? Um, uh, they imply 13, but they kind of make her feel more like 16. Mm-hmm. She's and pretty so, young. I, I, and you know. so the fact that they cast this girl, and she definitely feels like she's going to be on the smaller side, uh, that of height-wise, that it's definitely going to, I think, I, I definitely think she's a good casting. Right. So according to uh, the Last of Us fandom wiki, she's 14 in uh, the Last of Us. Uh, so, yeah, I think that fits really well. I agree with you. I think there's one thing that, that comes with um, adaptations and movies and television shows of, of content. Uh, they they seem to they seem to cast actors that are old. Like Spider-Man's a great example. Like Tom Holland, while in his 20s, plays a really, you know, convincing high schooler, right? Whereas Peter Parker, uh, sorry, I don't know why I said Peter Parker, whereas in the original Spider-Man movies that came out with um, uh, Tobey Maguire, he did not look like, no one looked like they were in high school, you know? Right. And they quickly moved forward from that and like, no, 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 he's, he's actually more in college. But I think with this, they've really nailed that, that um, a younger actor and, playing ellie i think that's great again i i think her casting's good and i'm sure pedro pascal is gonna nail it i i like i don't have any doubts in his acting ability i just i i can think of about five other actors that i would have rather have seen in the role than him not I'm, that he can't do it i just i'm curious what actors like i'm i i honestly well, didn't really have thinking, any thoughts but I'm, i thought i was thinking somebody like josh brolin or um that, or even somebody that has more serious acting chops, like serious roles. Because Pedro Pascal, I mean, he was in Game of Thrones, and sure, that's a serious role, but he was the Venom guy who was, yeah. like, taunting the ladies. And He's a little he silly. Was the charm. And then he was in Wonder Woman 84, and he was kind of goofy in that. And so I've been seeing him in a lot of, like, funny acting roles, and then they went, oh, he's going to be Joel in The Last of Us. And I'm like, all right, Mandalorian is serious, but you know, like he's in a helmet. It's not like I'm watching him make straight face all the time. Well, now he'll you know be in a beard. Mean? Yeah, now he's gonna be in a beard. Great. Like uh, it's um, I I agree with you there. I think a lot of people had ideas. Like I think um, there was some people were see. This is the other thing. Like some people were casting based on looks and like, oh, uh, Dilbert McRolney or whatever his name is from uh, American Horror Story. I yeah, I could see him too. Like that, that like to me, that feels not just because of looks wise, but I know he can deliver that kind of role. Mm. And the other thing too is, is I feel like Pedro Pascal's kind of he's not a young guy, but he's what like forty. Yeah, I and, think I think the age and I, works and, for. And I was gonna say, I always felt like Joel was a guy in his fifties. He's know definitely I mean? older in the main part of The Last of Us. Like I, I agree with you there in that Pedro uh, fits really well with young Joel, but I think he kind of. He, this is kind of where you can do a lot with, uh, you know, uh, costume design and makeup. In that 
he fits in between um the two joels we see like 20 years ago joel and um current joel in the last of us where he can probably fit in between those two really well so that they can play him younger for the for the sort of prologue and they can play him older for um the last of us however when you look at the last of us part two which they are also adapting they might we might get into some weirdness there as they try to age him again five years but um luckily he i won't say it's a it's a spoiler but um (laughs) I I I'm cautiously optimistic. I think when they first announced Pedro Pascal, I was like, I like him, I really do. But um, this has made this more interesting, and that I wonder how this is going to play out. Like, I don't know if it's going to be great. I I think he is personally excited about playing Joel, which is always exciting for me. I think we are entering a new sort of renaissance for you know video game adaptations. We'll see if it works out. Sometimes I, it doesn't. I think I think a telling thing is going to be how this Mortal Kombat movie does that uh, HBO Max has coming out. It looks, uh, I think that this looks month. perfect. Like that that it, it looks so good that I'm like, come on, you must be just showing me the best <laughs> stuff in this movie. I you know what I I also agree with you there, and I just think that. Video game movies, adaptations, you have the people who love these franchises when they were kids. They're making these movies now. They're making this content. And I think that goes a long way to making good adaptations. And um, I'm personally the most excited to see sort of the adaptation of the clickers in The Last of Us on screen. I can't wait to see that sort of um, that realization and how freaking freaky that is going to be if done really well because i think a lot of the zombie adaptations we get but even with the walking dead it's always just got that tinge of goofiness right and i really feel with the with the last of us you can't have it it's gotta be dead serious and that's the only way it works because there are consequences like very it just seems like in the last of us there are if they nail that 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 framing of consequence that you get in the Last of Us games, where you know you you only have so many times, like there are one hit kills in that game, um, that you that you are in danger of 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 being you know taken out. So I think if they capture that, that's what I'm most worried about. I'm worried they're not going to be able to capture that tone from the game. You know the seriousness of of the world. Um, that'll be the biggest fail for me not necessarily whether pedro pascal can grow a beard but more can they capture um the the tone of of how serious everything is how dangerous the world is because it It sounds like we're gonna find out soon i hope Uh, so i'd be willing to bet before the summer's out we get a trailer oh man that would be fantastic i I, and we will cover it here because uh, that's what we do uh but lou you've got a you've got a fun one here that i know you've been dying to talk about and we are going to talk about on the show uh probably next episode uh but uh stubs the zombie is coming back are you excited about this i am extremely excited because i still have my xbox copy but no xbox to play it on (laughs) the only thing about the only thing about this that makes me sad is i was gonna sell my copy because it goes for like 250 bucks on ebay and now i'm pretty sure i can't because nobody's gonna buy it (laughs) Well, you could buy the three hundred dollar like physical edition that is probably it looks no. pretty no okay. Well, it it's um 
it is interesting. It, so this is this is a remaster by As- Aspire Games. Uh, they do a lot of like sort of ports and stuff. They used to be it mainly is, on Mac. It, uh, it is. It, it should be said um, from everything I've read. This is not a graphical update. Uh, they've no. remastered it so that it works with modern consoles and all the control schemes feel really good and everything feels good. But it does not sound like they up-resed anything. I th- they must have done some work because I don't know if you recall, but the Xbox era was not a pretty era. Like PS2, Xbox, game. Uh, this was not a super pretty game. Yeah, well, the trailer makes it look better than than uh, than an Xbox. Like I, I, I think... There must have been some work done here, and obviously we'll find out more when we actually get our hands on it, but um, it's coming out March 16th for PC, PS4, Switch, and Xbox One, so pretty much everything, and it will be playable on your next-gen consoles if you own them via backwards compatibility. And I am extremely excited for Ryan to play this. I've been trying to get him to play this since the day we started this show. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I, I It's one of those games that I remember coming out I remember it being related to Halo and that it used the engine and had some folks from Bungie uh, on the team. And I think this was just a matter of time that this game was going to come back. And it's just kind of crazy. It's one of those games that is a holdover from a few generations ago that just it, 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 and it had so much licensed music that could easily just fall apart in terms of trying to keep it around because like deals the like that only re- the only reason i'm pretty sure that the licensing on it did for music did not fall apart is because specifically there is a soundtrack to this game and i'm pretty sure that they sold the license with the soundtrack you can still find the soundtrack for this on spotify like oh, it's yeah. still it's still publicly like easy to find. So I'm guessing whatever royalties or however they wrote the contract that it was very easy for them to uh, 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 fit it in. And if they've changed the soundtrack, it's really going to screw things up because there's a dance dance revolution segment in the middle of that this game that if the music is wrong, boy, is that going to be fun? Yeah, I mean it. it I I don't see any news about them changing the soundtrack, but it does look like. Uh... It, it looks like it was actually published by Aspire Media the, originally, so that they, they've kind of got. It sounds like it's in good hands, um, and we will report back next episode when we've uh, had a chance to play it. I am looking forward to it. I think it retails for twenty bucks. That's what we were able to sort of uh, kind of take a look at. So I can't wait for for Ryan to throw his first gut hand grenade into a pile of guys and turn them into zombies. Well, we will report back and maybe we'll do a, a little video as well. Uh, and Luke can guide me through my steps of Stubbs the Zombie, but uh, we'll have more soon. Um, it also looks like uh, Zombie Hit Train to Busan is getting a US remake. And uh, this is one of those times where I'm like, probably doesn't need to be remade. Uh, that movie worked really well uh, as a Korean film. I don't know, like, I don't know what you do by making it a by doing a u.s remake like what purpose does that serve i don't know i don't normally like u.s remakes necessarily sometimes they're great sometimes i like them better than the original but most of the time i don't and i'm the one thing i'll be waiting to hear curiosity wise is casting um if this has a lot of big name hollywood people in it then i know that they're just stunt casting 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If this gets more more lesser known actors' names in it, I think I'll be more excited. Yeah. So it looks like uh, Indonesian filmmaker Timo Jajanto, I uh, probably butchered that, is in talks to direct. Uh, released by New Line Cinema, uh, James Wan will be producing. So that's the uh, Aquaman guy, I believe, and and Fast and the Furious. Uh, also, dude, I, I think I think I'm remembering that correctly. But uh, it just it sounds like it sounds like one of those things where uh, it was pop like it was it was a good movie to begin with and it was a good zombie movie first and it just it happened to be uh it happened to be korean but i think when you remake it it just kind of feels well i feel like if they were going to remake it they should have remade it like you know three or four years ago when the original came out and ma- remade it a year later this feels like hollywood's trying to figure out what they can do next in the middle of a pandemic and they're like uh let's do this train to busan thing again Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, like zombies, zombies are obviously really popular, and um, it just, and I, I don't know. I, 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 and it's quite clearly probably not going to be Train to Busan because it's this is probably not going to take place in Korea. My guess is it's going to be like about a train on the on the California line, and being about a train that's coming down California towards Mexico or something. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can, and and that I think is the beauty of um, remaking an American or doing an American adaptation of oh. of Train to Busan is that you can have some fun with it, and and um, you can change, like you said, you're obviously changing the locale, you're making it more North American, and that it's it's a it's a train moving through different different. Uh, uh, you, oh man, you could have it go through go through a mountain, you know, and right, or you could have. Or it, they could even make it something longer. It could be a train that's cutting across the country. Yeah, go coast to coast, do a little uh, American tour. I I think there's a lot they can have some fun with it. And I think what I'm worried is that you know with, with James Wan producing, and I am gonna I'm gonna look him up and see if that that's the guy I'm thinking of. But with him producing, I feel like you're gonna get something more akin to uh, an American action film centered around a train and zombies i i think that's a it's an interesting idea uh that they can have some fun with there and um yeah oh james Wan had had to do with the new mortal kombat movie so i guess he he must be producing and that guy he's had some interesting work yeah it is it is the fast and the furious guy it is the aquaman guy he also did saw so I, I mean, I'm all for big budget zombie films from from you know the Hollywood side of things. I think that's really good. The more we get of those, the better. Because I I always feel like if they're putting a bunch of money into it, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be something special. We don't get a lot of those, so I'm not necessarily poo pooing this because I do want more of that. And um, I think we will be getting more of that. And, and funny enough, we're seeing that with this with this teaser trailer we got finally for Army of the Dead. Uh, I we, was so excited for this. Yeah. And then I watched the trailer and I was like, <laughs> okay, like, I was like, this doesn't really tell me or show me anything. This looks cool, but. The trailer kind of made it look worse, in my opinion, than, <clears throat> than not, not knowing anything about it. I don't know. It just, there's something about that trailer that was like, what am I watching? It, it's. Well, uh, well, they don't tell you. 
exactly the plot, but what I have derived from rewatching this trailer probably about 14 times is it sounds like there was an outbreak of whatever causes zombies in Las Vegas and Las Vegas has been shut down. And that that means that there's stacks of money, stacks of gold, stacks of everything that is like trapped behind this wall of zombies. And it sounds like the premise of the movie is somebody puts together a ragtag group. That's like, screw this. Let's go get that money. And it sounds like there's going to be a, it's going to be a heist movie in zombie Vegas. Yeah. I like that idea of it. I, I'll, I'll give you this. The trailer was very Zack Snyder. Um, yeah. It confirmed the Netflix release date of May 21st, which is just a few months away. And it, it's got some great actors in it. It's, it's stacked. It's got Dave Bautista, I think, being the, the biggest name attached to it. And I'm... Look, I watched the trailer. It looks like an, a triple A, a AAA action-packed zombie explosion fun. And again, it, it is... Um, it, it, it's going it's going more towards the goofy side of zombies like there's there's a lot of shots of like elvis impersonators and and gamblers and stuff but i think you're right i think you're you're dead on in that it is going to be the world has not been affected but las vegas has and there is still like because that was my concerns like a heist movie in the zombie apocalypse like you're right and the more i think about it it's like it's early on this is going to be dead rising to the movie Okay, what was Dead Rising again? Dead Rising 2, rather, sorry. Dead Rising 2 was the one that takes place in like a casino, uh, like a Las Vegas-type area that gets locked down because of the zombie apocalypse. And you're a guy running around through like this Las Vegas mall, strip mall, trying to rescue people. <laughs> yeah, look, I like the idea of there being like there being some actual stakes in that like, you're stealing a bunch of money because that money is still good in the world. It's just not good in Las Vegas right now because there is currently being overrun by zombies. If they've somehow contained the zombie threat, if it's just like, because they do very much set up like they're they're going into a vault to get money. So I feel like if this was in the zombie apocalypse, that money would be worthless. But the fact that the zombie apocalypse has hit Vegas and the world at large is still somewhat functional, I can see that being... that money value. Yeah, exactly. So, whereas I know you and I have talked behind the scenes that if it's a heist movie in Vegas, what are they heisting? Guns, mm-hmm. weapons? What is it? And now that we know it's money and that the rest of the world is unaffected, I think that that makes the stakes in this very different. I think that makes this that makes this going to be a more fun. I think a more fun movie. I agree. I agree. So, I mean, we'll continue to follow it. They they label this as a teaser trailer. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a full trailer closer to its release date to get a little more plot and character. Uh, really it was just a bunch of one-liners and some explosions but uh can't go wrong with that it definitely is going to live up to that uh, Zack snyder hype so i uh, look forward to that um also look forward to the fact that we are going to head over to the movies I hope you have your popcorn. I hope you're ready. You're uh, just picture yourself. You're at the drive-in. You're about to watch Planet Terror. 
Um, I can't remember which was first, Planet Terror or Death Proof? Uh, Death Proof was first. Okay, you just went to the bathroom, you watched Death Proof, now you're going to sit down and watch Planet Terror. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's kind of a double feature, because we, we did an audio commentary, as I mentioned, last episode, and now we're here to do our traditional sort of movie breakdown. And yes, if you had to ask, I do have clips. Uh, and uh, we will we will get into them in a little bit. There's there's some good ones, um, but we are wa- we watched Planet Terror after an experimental bioweapon is released, turning thousands into zombie-like creatures. It's up to a ragtag group of survivors to stop the infected and those behind its release. Whew, what a movie! Um, they don't make it like this. They don't make the, they don't make movies like this anymore. You know, um, I feel yeah. like this was that one sort of like try to or i shouldn't say try to bring it back it was it was definitely an homage like i don't think they were trying to revive anything but um yeah yeah like lou what are your what are your thoughts on planet terror because i feel like you knew more going in than i did because i think i had blocked out a lot about this film i had forgotten some of the scenes like i forgot that he chews on that stupid thermometer in the beginning of the movie (laughs) i was like oh that's right and then like 10 minutes in he's gonna bite down and it's going to split. And I remember thinking, Oh, that's so gross. Yeah. Uh, like that to me, like to me, that was grosser than any of the zombie gore or any of the other crap watching him chew on that thing. I'm like, Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, Oh, mercury. Yuck. Oh yeah. Oh man. I didn't even think about that. I was more worried about the glass. Uh, it's funny. You mentioned, uh, James Brolin or Josh, is it Josh, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. He- yeah, James's father. Uh Josh Brolin's in this and he plays a, a very bad person and he uh well he, I think he he does a bit of the chewing in this. Dr. Block, three fresh ones rolling in. Christ, you're kidding. Automobile accident off of Highway 18. DOAs. You can hear him chewing on uh-huh. the glass and uh I I just I can't help but picture Thanos. But he's more gravelly in this than he is when he's like literally extinguishing fifty percent of all life in the universe. It's weird. It's very weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he plays like as you said, he plays a bad guy, and he's a fairly um, he he's a terrible person in this film. It's, it, but he's a one dimensional bad guy. You know, uh, well, okay. In the beginning of the movie, they make you think that maybe she's the bad guy planning to kill him or yeah. something, and then like not even 10 minutes in you realize oh no she's leaving him because he's an abusive crazy person and they make him the bad guy and then all of a sudden like 20 minutes in 30 minutes in he just kind of vanishes Mm -hmm. and then you go like the whole rest of the movie and then they're about to get away on the helicopter and he shows up and she blows him away and i was like yeah okay that that was like like that's about what you expect from a a grindhouse movie i mean I know you don't have as much experience with the concept of a grindhouse movie as I do, but they're all kind of like this, Mm -hmm. you know? And I don't mean that like, but this was cheesy on purpose. Grindhouse movies are not usually cheesy on purpose. They're cheesy because they don't have real actors or they don't have a real budget or, uh, you know, it was shot by people on the weekend because they all had real jobs kind of stuff. Yeah, they, and, this is definitely it's got the actor pedigree, but they're playing it up to uh to sort of again homage to those original films. Like it's very there's a lot of over the top gore, a lot of over the top acting, a lot of over the top sort of uh violence and um just 
really raunchy there's and there's stuff in here that i think i completely blocked out and you you would sort of like oh just wait it gets worse and it was i think it's the moment where the mother like hands the gun to her kid and you're thinking like oh this can't end well he's gonna shoot someone and then he just don't point it at your eye you'll blow your head off and then what does he do he he blows his head off and then she's like carrying her body carrying the kid's body around i'm just like this is so dark what is what it's unneeded like if they just needed to get rid of the kid like leave him with the babysitters it just seemed so odd to me but i guess it, it maybe it fits in with the with the genre like that is what would have happened in some of these older films i don't know it is the kind of thing that would have happened in these older films um like i said the one that always strikes me whenever someone talks about grindhouse stuff is this one called i drink you out uh i think it's called i drink your blood or something like that and it's about a bunch of it's about a bunch of cultists it's us it's like a late 60s late uh, mid 70s movie and the premise is is these guys come to town that they're like a like a, they're like a bunch of hippies and uh they eat a like raccoon out in the woods cuz they're like hippies and the raccoon has rabies and it gives them all rabies and they all c- go running around this town biting people and giving them rabies <laughs> okay weird and and, and and the premise is, is that the town that all this is taking place in is like a logging town where they're going to shut down the dam that powers the town or something. And so there's like this weird like side story going on. And then there's like this little kid that's like, like, like creeped out by the cultists. And like he ends up being like the kid that saves the day or something. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I probably am not even right with that. But I just remember that there's like lots of like jumping around. And you think that so and so is like a main character. And then they die like five minutes in. And then so and so out that like somebody you think is like a side character ends up saving the day at the end. And it's one of those movies where you're like, this feels like they didn't know what the hell they were doing. And mm-hmm. It got shown a lot in drive-in movie theaters, which is where grind, a lot of Grindhouse stuff got shown. Um, and the, another example would be... Um, uh, 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 what the hell is that movie? Uh, Blood Feast. Blood Feast, which would show up at drive-ins, and they would literally have cars lined up for miles to see Blood Feast. And it's the dumbest movie ever. It's literally about somebody that's like worshiping an ancient egyptian cult that's like a serial killer and then they cut away for almost all of the gore scenes and you see the blood like dripping off camera it's it's almost as it's almost as non-bloody as psycho but because they called it the most horrific movie ever made the goriest movie ever made and it was made in that era of like late 60s early 70s they could get away with calling it like what it isn't when you watch it it's so cheesy and goofy now that Hmm. it that it fits in this grindhouse theme yeah uh the movie is honestly as much as i sort of complain about its goopiness and stuff it is a fun romp like it's got a it's it's and it's and it plays well to it doesn't take itself seriously there are a lot of moments where it is just such a throwback but also just like we are just having fun this doesn't make any sense oh we don't want to explain this plot point we'll just have the film reel disappear and you know missing reel and then we'll come back and everything's sort of 
you know, they set up a lot of things that would take time to resolve, like the kid, you know, killing himself and the, and the mother grieving and um, uh, the, you know, I think it was the sex scene or something they kind of skip over. There's a lot. And, yeah. and then the father, I guess. Um, and, and they kind of skip over that. Or oh, no, and, and uh, the main actor being like a secret agent, it's all sort of like skipped over in this missing reel. And it's like, thank God we sorted all that out. <laughs> I have a question for you because you mm-hmm. are younger than me. Have you ever been to a theater where they've had to cut a film and is part of the film missing? Uh... Like I've, I've, I've been, I've seen movies in theaters where they had like two reels and they had to like, you know, switch it midway, but I don't think I've ever been to a theater where there was literally a missing reel like that. Or a missing part of the reel. No, no, like, okay. I've never had to. I, 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 I think listeners will appreciate this story. I got dragged to Jerry Maguire when it was a thing and I was a little kid. Okay. And and I, and I didn't want to go see it. It wasn't my choice. I really could care less about that movie. And for me, the best part of going to see that movie was that's like a three-hour movie. It's like a two-reel movie. And midway through the first reel, or like almost done with the first reel, they had the machine eat half the reel, and so they had to salvage what they could, and then pick it and and. And give us like a like like a like a like an interlude where they had to have us come back to our seats after they fixed the tape, and then there was a whole like thirty minutes of that movie that were missing. And for me, it was exciting because I was like, "Oh man, because I don't care about this movie to begin with. It means I get to go home sooner." <laughs> and, and, and but but I remember people in the theater being like, "What's going on? I don't understand." And so that is a thing like mm-hmm. that used to happen. I mean, it doesn't happen now because all these films are digital. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I, I can imagine it happening in smaller theaters, you know, not getting replacement reels and just trying to make the best. Like, I'm sure they had, like, you know, discounted tickets because we're missing, like, this specific amount of film. Uh, I, I, I have a friend who at one point he found outside of there was a movie theater in downtown Portland, uh, Maine, because that's where I am. And he was go- walking by the theater one night and they were throwing a bunch of stuff in the dumpster and come to find out a bunch of it were old reels. And so he dumpster dived and tried to salvage a couple of these reels out of the dumpster. And he ended up coming home with a bunch of reels and we tried to finagle together a projector so that we could watch them. And it was literally like these reels were like, like the middle of movies. <laughs> there was no beginning or end. It was just part of the movie. And we ended up watching a segment of like, uh, what's it called? Johnny Mnemonic. And it, it, it was like in the middle of the movie. It wasn't the, it wasn't the, uh, wasn't the whole movie. It was just the middle of the movie. Wow, what a deep cut. Uh, yeah. I mean, another thing that these movies have is like, um, you know, a lot of, like a lot of over-sexualization um, of women, like literally the, the first opening scene. opening scene is her go go dancing. Yeah, I, I yeah. obviously the intro music. I, I captain. You probably already heard it on the podcast, but um, the creepy manager. So I just have creep show manager. God damn it, girls! You're gonna do that shit. Do it on stage. Smoke. Huh? What a what a turd nugget. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> is it? And and but again, like I think uh, they balance it really well. Like it's it's goofy you know it's a it's a goofy sort of like look back at what these films did which was 
was probably more closer to sort of uh like over sexualization in this i think it's just it's paying homage to to those films without going over the top like i don't think there's there's no nudity in the film no i don't think there was any nudity but they get as close to it as they can and still kind of like like it's this is r-rated for gore not Mm -hmm. necessarily for sexual content yeah, like that that scene you probably heard it with the lip smacking, but like I think it was just two two strippers making out. But again, like there's no nudity. There is like a sex scene, but again, it's like done in a way where it's it's not showing anything. And uh like I think they they kind of ride they they do that line where they are sort of they're definitely, you know, making a lot of like raunchy sex jokes. I think I didn't capture it because it was too much, but there's literally like a whole scene where um they're watching like some sort of like it's it's literally like a a a promo for some what is probably like a porno in in this movie's universe where it's just like women in cages and i'm like and they're just watching it nonchalantly Um, as they can i be be honest i think that women in cages clip i think that is actually a clip from a grindhouse movie i mean it's got the guy right it's got his voice it's it's the vo the announcer guy who's doing it so maybe it is like um but it was it's it was also kind of fitting because they're literally in the security room watching women in cages while this promo is playing and again like i I think they they kind of ride that line where it's it's like everything's fair game you know you've got the creepy manager you've got the stripper you've got like the mysterious sort of uh secret agent um you've got uh what else do you got you got the barbecue guy I know it sounds a little arrogant putting up a sign. Best damn barbecue in Texas. Period. But hell, who's gonna come in here and argue about that? Oh yeah, big contest coming up. Hmm. I'm working on the perfect song. So I have to admit, after watching this movie, uh. I found myself watching the best barbecue in America on Netflix, the contest that was going on. I was like, man, I'm in the mood for some barbecue. <laughs> well, it's, it's, uh, it, he is, he's probably my favorite part of this whole movie. Like all of his lines, all of his interactions. And I've got a bunch, uh, I got more of, of him, not maybe not a bunch, but I got more of him and he is just fantastic. Um, and he, I, you know, the guy's name, cause I, I'd have to look it up, but, um, the actor, he's kind of, he's, Jeff who, sorry, go ahead. It's Jeff Fahey. Jeff Fahey. Yeah. And he sort of appears in sort of the pre previews of, um, the Danny Trejo film Machete, uh, before the movie starts. And I'm like, oh man, he's super cool. And then he was in this and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Um, he, uh, was, yeah, he's great. Frank Lapidus lost. Yes. Uh, he he he's in all kinds of stuff. Oh man, I need to find a way. I I know there's a way, probably an easy way to do it, but I need to I need to get back. I need to watch Lost again. It's been too long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've also got this one from the barbecue guy. Can I interest y'all in a plate of soon-to-be award-winning barbecue? You're from Dinkies, ain't you? Will you tell that son of a bitch he thinks he's gonna come over here and get my recipes? 
Well, I got a double-barreled answer to his query right inside. Damn, that's good. Um, you can hear sort of the other attention to detail with this film where they've like, not only the music, they nailed what I feel is the music of, of Grindhouse era films, but also they've got like the film grain effect going and it's, it, it's always fitting. For me, this, the, 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 like, like you heard it in that, that, that clip where it goes like down, down, down. And I am reminded of Goblin who did a bunch of, uh, music for horror movies in the seventies and eighties. I, I know that Goblin did, I think it's Dawn of the Dead. They're the band that, that they did the music for Dawn of the Dead. And I believe they did a bunch of Dario Argento and uh, the other guy that's Argento's protege. They did a bunch of movies for that. And they all have that kind of like weird techno sort of synthy weird horror stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can also hear sort of the the old school film effects sounds as it's kind of like rolling the film. Like they've also yeah. implemented that into the soundtrack and it's just it, they really go all out with these, with these films uh, for, for the grindhouse double feature. I um, mean, yeah. I mean, we can't say any of the acting is, it is bad. I mean, anything that is done bad is done on purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think every actor nails their role to a T um so i mean i can't complain about anybody's acting i think if i was going to complain about anybody's acting it would probably be bruce willis's yeah like it feels almost like he was there just to collect a paycheck (laughs) yes it's funny um i honestly don't have a lot of him i actually sorry i got one i've got two clips but one that kind of captures uh his acting and uh yeah Get Lewis down here. He's getting his dick wet, sir. Get him the fuck down here now! <laughs> I mean, he has few lines, but that's probably uh, his best he has, one. He probably has less than, like, I think eight lines the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, he was there so that you could be like, it's Bruce Willis! I mean, I don't even think... I mean, he's listed in the cast and credits, uh, like, on IMDb. But I think he goes when in the me- beginning of the movie when they kind of like introduce and they list actors that are in the movie. I feel like they intentionally left Bruce Willis's name out. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I I feel he's in it. He's in it, and he's behind like a gas mask most of the time, right? And yeah. uh, he will occasionally remove it to to deliver his one liners, but. Um, he he feels like the big bad like you get the big actor name for the big bad and and he's only around to get exploded which literally literally happens um yeah it's um it you know i've got i've got a lot of other clips here i think this one is uh the main dude i can't remember el ray or whatever and yep. uh he never misses so let her die, me block. What do we got? Car accident. Heavy contusions about the torso, possible spinal trauma. One severed leg. You just hear the, the blood. Where's the leg? Three sickles attacked her. I shot at them. I never miss. It's important to remember that he never misses. So they 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 make sure to tell you. Although he kind of did miss. Like he kind of shot them. 
in the backs and they they kind of walked away so i mean he didn't miss right like he missed but you know he 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 did hit them he did you're right you're right um he's got an interesting el ray's got an interesting sort of or maybe his name his name's not el ray i think el ray is his secret agent name at the end i can't remember his maybe it's just ray actually now that i think about it which makes it funnier because his secret code is just adding the because isn't l the in spanish yes okay um he has this interesting relationship with the local police and uh i there are these fun genuinely funny moments and i think this is one of the first clips i have of um michael bean uh and his interactions with uh with ray uh so here's this where the fuck do you think you're going i'm gonna go get cherry fine but we're taking my car riding with you that was one of my favorite scenes and this is the classic sort of like no you're coming with me and then his car explodes like fine let's go it's uh you know what it reminded me of it kind of reminded me of terminator i I can't think of a specific scene but it just feels like one of those moments where we're going to take this really nice vehicle but then it explodes and like fine we'll take the ship box Uh, you know i don't know if i'm misremembering and it's a different film but uh it definitely gave me vibes. Yeah, like I said, it, it, I forgot. The, the, I think the character I remembered the least about this movie was Ray. Uh, I remembered that what's his name, uh, Nadine. Uh, 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 what's his name that from from Lost? Did he cut guys' balls off? Like I remembered that gag, and I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. And then I remembered that there was something about Ray being a secret agent or something, but I barely remembered his character. All I could remember about his character was I remember at some point he gets on that little motorcycle thing and he like leads an army on it. And I remember thinking the first time I saw this, I get they're trying to be over the top, but that's just stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I skipped this one. Uh, you know, the doctor is very not happy about when. Oh, I should also mention it's already too late, but a lot of these clips are not safe for work. A lot of F-bombs. Um, so, uh, you know warning too late but hey you already know that now but here's another one fucking wednesday nights so uh thanos apparently not a not a fan of of wednesdays um i mean really who is yeah really it's hump day right (laughs) uh and uh there was another one where you know the main lady who does the uh she's like the needle lady i guess she's she's well known for applying anesthetic um she there's a moment where she gets the uh josh brolin's character like injects her her hands so her hands are like um they've lost all feeling and we saw this moment coming a mile away but it still gave me the heebie-jeebies and now we can all relive it so oh my god yeah took the words out of my mouth oh. <laughs> so, I'm just uh, the, the sad part is, is when I saw her break her arms, all I kept thinking was, "Oh, that must have been what it was like to watch me break my leg." Oh, that's what it must have been like to watch me break my leg. <laughs> God, yeah, it's uh it's one of those moments in the film that, like, I think is good foreshadowing for the uh the rest of the film's sort of like 
trauma that they would put forward for us and she goes through a lot now mind you she bounced back pretty quick like she is she is not running around like her like she gets her feeling back in her hands she clearly broke her wrist there right clearly or or whatever the sound makes it sound like she broke it but at the end of the film she's just fine she doesn't her hand is completely fine at the end of the movie end of the movie like that's supposed to be like months later after they found the promised land. Oh well, I I mean before that, like she she's fine even before that, like literally what would have been later that night. So oh, I mean, oh well, no, I think that one hand is still broken, but the other hand, I think she was from the injection or something, and that hand was asleep or something. Mm. You you gave him the movie credit where it's probably not due. <laughs> no, it probably doesn't even need this credit. All right, well. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I, I will say, I remember back in the day when I saw this the first time in theaters that I liked this, but I didn't like some of the over the top stuff. I liked the grindhouse stuff, but some of it was too in the face for me. And I think with I've seen this three or four times now, I think with each watching, I think I like it more. Mm -hmm. I can see that. I think like you can appreciate uh, more of the honest throwbacks and kind of ignore a lot of like the the little missteps that happen throughout the film like i think there's like a couple of places where i'd probably remove like uh i mean the kid the kid shooting himself is just is over the top it's too much like i think it, i think that they thought that that would be funny but as a new parent that was kind of like i felt in bad taste yeah, oh, very bad taste. And, like, the babysitters, like, going crazy, but then being fine by the end of the film, I thought was also, like, you know, not really fair to, you know, teenagers everywhere. Like, I don't, I don't think, I don't, like, I don't think their response, the, the response they portrayed was warranted with what was happening. Like, I just didn't. And then her, like, driving away with the babysitter on top of the car, and then her, like, literally face smacking against the pavement. Again, like, it's, oh, it's too over the top in a direction that's, kind of unbelievable uh for what's happening i don't know it just seemed like she she hates these babysitters for some reason she doesn't pay them and then like kicks them out and then they leave and then they they get all upset it's kind of like well of course they're upset you arrived home late you didn't call them to tell them you were going to be late you didn't pay them you literally kicked them out of your house like it's it was just too much it was over the top and again like not as tasteless as the kid shooting himself but um yeah still still kind of a weird there's a couple of weird missteps um one of my favorite things though is uh is the way they handle the main one of the main character losing her leg and they play it up maybe maybe it is in poor taste you know just for people who have actually lost their legs but i feel like they kind of they kind of have some fun with it without I don't know. Like, I don't want to say they definitely make fun of her for not having a leg, but I don't know if it's like done in a way where. I love the grenade launcher rocket jump. Mm-hmm. I, that That's like one of my favorites. It's so unrealistic, but I, for a movie that's already going crazy, this, that, that makes perfect sense. And I do love the fact that she blows away all these guys with machine gun leg. The only thing that always has always, always driven me crazy is how she pulling the trigger. How's she pulling the trigger? She just points her leg at people and shoots. How's she pulling the trigger? Yeah, that is one of this movie's many mysteries. But uh, yeah, I felt like I feel like all they really would need to do is show a rope tied around the trigger, and it be like clipped to her wrist, 
And then she just kind of like yanks her arm in a direction and it shoots a bunch of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like they very easily do it. It just. It's mind control, I, basically, yeah. is, is what yeah. it is. Um, this this clip's a little longer, but it does it does intro sort of the revelation that she's lost her leg. And then uh, her compassionate ex-boyfriend uh, takes it into his own hands to, to solve the problem. Get up. Leave it. I can't walk. So what? Get up. Get up. Motherfucker. Look at me. Look at me. I was going to be a stand-up comedian. Who's going to laugh now? Some of the best jokes are about cripples. Let's go. It's not funny. It's pathetic. Would you stop crying over fucking spilt milk? I have no leg. I don't know. Parts of that are are interesting, but other parts are like, uh, maybe maybe kind of you know, in poor taste. Uh, with I, I I don't know. I don't remember there being like an an uproar in terms of um, uh, the one of the main characters, you know, and them kind of making the fact that she had lost a leg a, a bit of a joke. Her walking around with a sort of a, a chair leg for most of the film. Um, but her having a gun for a leg is is on the key art, right? Like it's it's yeah. the poster. But it it also feels fitting in the original source material they're sort of paying homage to, and that yeah. you could totally see them doing that. And I uh, mean, all you have to all you have to think about is how many zombies have we seen with machine gun arms and stuff? I mean, yeah. we just saw that recently in one of the Return of the Living Dead movies. I mean, it, it it's not an unheard of idea. So for them to do it with uh, she loses a leg and she's running around the machine gun leg, I mean. It makes sense, yeah. For, for 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 the concept, exactly. Um, this is probably something we're going to experience later on when our kids are older and they have too many pets, and we're trying to leave the house during a zombie apocalypse. Tony, we're leaving. Wait, I'm trying to Forget. Let's go. Am I turtle? Am I scorpion? And we're not all octopuses. We can't carry everything. Octopus. Oh, oh good shit. Let's go. I forgot he corrected her. <laughs> oh, no, man. I, I think the point was they were supposed to make the kids super obnoxious. So when he shoots himself in the face, you're not supposed to feel quite as bad. Oh, no, that's terrible. No, like that. If that was their take, like that is that they, is they, they, they did not do a good job. No, they did. And, and no, no kid wanting to save his pets is is annoying i thought that that clip was adorable not only does he have the three weirdest combination of pets a scorpion a turtle and a tarantula that he puts all in the same case and and, well no and and then he corrects his mom where his mom's like we're not all octopuses and then he says no it's octopi (laughs) it's like you know caden does that all the like i'll slip like he doesn't do that specifically like the octopus joke but i'll say something and he's like well no it's actually this i'm like okay you're way too smart for your own good also stop that <laughs> i'm trying to make a point uh yep. but yeah definitely kids do that um there's another scene where uh they do the deputized thing um they literally have a box labeled all or nothing and again this is a little longer of a clip but it's totally worth it 
Are you sure you want to do this? Everybody grab a badge and a gun. You're all deputies, as of this moment forward. Except for you, Red. What do we got? Something's wrong up there. JT always comes out and greets. Let's go. Try not to shoot yourselves. Don't shoot each other. But especially... Don't shoot me. Um, you heard Tom Zavini in there at the top. He's in this for, he doesn't have many speaking lines, but he's, his, his face and his mustache are definitely in this I, film. I love Tom Zavini. I, I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't express how much I love him. I will watch him in just about anything. If I hear he did a special effects or he had something to do with something or was a producer on something, I'll watch it even if it's a piece of crap. Yeah, no, he, he's good in this. And I mean, he definitely goes out in a way where I think he gets pulled apart. Yeah. Uh, but, oh yeah that was probably his idea to be honest he was yeah. probably like let me go in the most gory way possible he probably designed the effects to be honest <laughs> yep <laughs> do you think he did it? he did his own effects? <laughs> if he didn't do his effects it was probably somebody he trained <laughs> yeah no doubt um there's uh you know there's more uh i mean the the joke that uh our main uh cherry uh cherry the main actress she wants to be a stand-up comedian they they keep coming back to that um, this is the second time, and, and it features our favorite cook, too. Hey, you want some barbecue? <laughs> Best in Texas. Aw, uh, no thanks. What's the matter? You don't eat meat? Oh, I eat meat. I also eat lots of shit. See this? What's that? Shit-eating grin. <laughs> you ought to be a comedian. <laughs> what do you think of the leg? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> And uh, again, any scene that guy that guy was in, I think, uh, funny enough, that's that's the last clip I have of him. But he was he was my favorite part of this whole movie. Like he top to bottom was was one of the best parts. Um, one of my probably least favorite parts is uh, Quentin Tarantino in in the movie. Um, he plays a really creepy uh, sergeant or whatever. He's he's in the army with like, Bruce Willis. Well- Sorry, go ahead plays himself no <laughs> and and this is the thing as i was clipping so as i was clipping the show i i went back and i had to watch certain parts again and he he plays this creepy character so well i i've seen him in interviews i've seen him when he talks about you know directing and stuff and he does not seem that creepy he he, no, he, he, he honestly seems like he's a really nice nice guy um but I would kind of, I, I kind of wanted to, after watching him in this film, I was like, I, I kind of want a, a palate cleanser. I kind of want to find like, you know, a behind the scenes of him directing a movie and just get like the real Quentin because, oof. I mean, I didn't even capture, there's some really gross stuff that happens with him, but uh, I do have this one. It's labeled Creepy Quentin, so I'm sure it's creepy. I have seen me some crazy ass shit in my day. But I ain't never seen me a one-legged stripper. I've seen me a stripper with one breast. And I've seen me a stripper with 12 toes. And I've seen me a stripper with no brains at all. But I ain't never seen me a one-legged stripper. And I've been to Morocco. Dance, bitch! God. Yeah, that wasn't even the worst of it. But uh... Uh, uh, I think I commented when we were watching it. 
I'm pretty sure that that was either all written by him or he improvised that himself. Oh, no doubt. No doubt written by him uh, or, or improvised. Like he, I, I like, I like his acting roles. Like I think he's also in that vampire movie that uh, Robert Rodriguez did. Uh, they wrote that together. Yeah. And he's, he's pretty good in that one too. Like, I think he's a good, he's an interesting actor when I see him. And I like when he is an actor in his friends films because he certainly plays he has a certain flair and he's a good actor you know um i'm sure he hates seeing himself in films being you know probably the 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 kind of director he is he's probably always second guessing his performances maybe i don't know but he seems like one of those guys who like really wants to give his best performance and uh he certainly fits in with uh with this one i i have a goodbye clip for though for quentin though Dance for me, motherfucker. So he gets the stake to the eye. Uh, well done. And he's 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 not necessarily toast after that, but I could I could not bring myself to clip what happens to it. And that was probably the grossest part of the film, where his his essentially his unit falls off. And he turns into a goop monster and then they explode him. It's gross, guys. It's really gross. It's really mild. Oh, dude, no. Melty face. He becomes like a melty, gross monster with his teeth like melting out. It's really gross. It's gross. It's gross. Um, And I know in the Discord they're, I don't want to say making fun of me, but definitely uh, pointing to the fact that I found it really gross. So, because it was. Um, Got a couple more here. Uh, Lou, you mentioned the grenade hop. This is uh, part of that. That's our cue. Jerry, darling, it's all you. Basically, goes from there. She just like makes a bunch of explosions. It's um, it's one of those moments in the film where it's the big finale, and I think it fits. But you're right. As soon as you try to remember, like, how is she pulling, pulling the the strings or making the gun go boom it just doesn't it doesn't work i I think the first time i saw it it bothered me but the more times i watch it the more i'm like "Eh, i don't care it's like with everything else going on in the film i think as soon as you try to think about it it's like okay maybe if she like raises it above her waist because at the very beginning it's like she's always bringing the gun up to shoot it so maybe it's like part of like it's like a counterbalance my thing is, is you can't think about it too hard. You definitely. It, it's that, if you think about it too hard, nothing in this movie makes sense. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and then the finale, like, she is the big hero. She saves everyone. She uses her gun leg to kind of take out all the bad guys. Uh, but one of the bad guys kills uh, Ray, and we get a couple of uh, couple of moments where, where he's dying, and she's, she's cry-acting. So there's this. Oh, leave me. I am not leaving you here like this. Motherfuckers around here eat roadkill. <laughs> See? I'm funny. I made you laugh. And uh, we get payoff with the whole... Remember remember when I said earlier he never misses? Well, he never misses. Now they may be right. Two against the world. <laughs> it will be. I promise I never miss. Don't worry, baby. 
You can find your way. So he like they are, you know they have sex. It's uh, it's it's one of those moments in the film where the the film rule goes goes missing, and the way he decides to like tell her tell her she he, she's pregnant is basically like I never miss. Um, yeah, you're pregnant now. That definitely wasn't the idea when they were you know having sex. They weren't trying to get pregnant, but he's like no, like I knew this I was gonna met. happen. I'm a terrible person. It's like <laughs> like I'm dying. And now you have to raise a kid in the zombie apocalypse. So have fun. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> again, one of those moments where it's. It's cheesy dialogue for cheesy dialogue purposes, my friend. I know, but it's also terrible. Like, it, it, I don't know. It's just one of those things where you think a little more about it and it's like, yeah, why? If you knew you never missed, like, why wouldn't you, you know. <laughs> zombie apocalypse, my friend. Zombie apocalypse. Yeah, that's true. Condoms are hard to come by when the zombies start to <laughs> come out and they're not even zombies they're goop monsters man this is borderline goop monsters anyways uh that's all the clips i have um lou th- i'm really glad we watched this film this actually marks the end of our extra life uh sponsored films we have we've watched all that has been put at our plate but that does not mean that the zombie fun ends here i'm sure we'll be back with more movies um especially if we're going to watch army of the dead that's definitely on the list so it's going to happen that, 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 uh, yeah. that's gonna that's gonna be an episode that's a that's that's a done deal exactly i agree could use some new zombie triple a content um lou any other thoughts on planet terror before we move out of the show it gave me many 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 more more ideas of movies to make you watch my friend great well as long as they aren't goop monsters we're all set so you know make sure you uh you rate it on a a, a, a one to five scale of goop monsters no no fives please so We'll just we'll just put it there. Um, as we mentioned, we've got content coming up. We are uh, we we are we've been you know silent on the fact that The Walking Dead has returned. I mean, if you're a longtime listener, we used to do it week to week, but we've kind of moved away from that and kind of moved towards covering like batches of episodes. Um, but we are planning to talk about uh, the return of The Walking Dead with season ten C, uh, probably in about a month, uh, closer to its sort of uh, conclusion. But uh, the next episode, we're going to be talking about Stubbs the Zombie, which is returning. And as we mentioned in the news, there's a remaster. So look forward to that. And that is going to be our episode for this uh, week. Uh, if you want to join on the conversation, you can go to our Discord, bit.ly slash Zamp Discord. I want to thank all our patrons at patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast. You help us watch movies like planet terror and buy games like stubs the zombie and look at other things like uh uh goop monsters i don't know anyways uh you can go to patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast and uh support the show directly also if you want to check out our back catalog go to zombies ate my brand new website looks shiny new and fresh no goop monsters to be found until i use goop monsters as the uh the artwork for this episode i guess i have to now yeah, you kind of you kind of forced yourself. <laughs> Make sure to remind me. Uh, I'll probably forget. Uh, email the show info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook. And while you're on Twitter, you can follow me at R Murphy and Lou at Busy Zombie Lord. Quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You can check out his work at joelduggan.com. And uh, yeah, Lou, take us out. Take us out of this show. 
Oh, the many, many zombie films I have in plan for you, Ryan. The Great. many, many. Uh, hopefully we don't watch them on a Wednesday or else I'll be saying this. Fucking Wednesday nights. <laughs> hey, I don't know what night you're going to watch them, but if they're Wednesday nights, I bet that's exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs>